When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by the demo god himself. <laughs> he pulls in more ratings than SmackDown in the UK. It's Chopper Pequenel. Hello. Yes. Hi. Luke's still on holiday. Uh, and I don't know if that's... Can we say that? Is that is that something we can say now? Can we like, say that Luke's on holiday? No, the well, but you're the demo god who I, draws the viewers. I don't, I don't know if that's true. It's just we've just realized that no one watches w, uh, SmackDown in the UK, and, no, no, and that's no. it. Don't qualify it. Don't qualify it. Take the win. Take the headline. If wrestling promotion has taught you anything, Pete. It is ignore all the negative parts of the story. SmackDown's historically low viewership, the potential appetite for wrestling content in the UK being near non-existent. What you need to take from this is you're bigger than WWE. (laughs) The biggest wrestling show on a Saturday for UK time in the world. Well, we'll go over this in the main show as well. We need to spread this message to the YouTube audience. But uh, the, the the long and short of it is Dave Meltzer compared UK viewership of SmackDown to an episode of the WrestleTalk SmackDown podcast. Yep. And how the SmackDown podcast outdrew SmackDown <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> Did he choose the worst thing in his mind to compare it to? I I think he probably did. And he also got the numbers wrong, which is weird. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it more later. Um, For now, we should probably just get into the actual main show itself when we've got some more emails in the outro and stuff like that as well. Uh, But first, we're going to be talking about this controversial AEW star that returned on the show. Here's the show. Controversial AEW star de- debuted, returned in slammiversary mode. 
returned last night on the episode of Dynamite in the main event where the inner circle was beating down Jurassic Express. They'd just beaten them in the main event match when it was Jake Hager and Chris Jericho versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And all throughout the night, the camera kept cutting to this guy in the crowd, Serpentigo, who is a masked wrestler, had been wrestling on dark. And Serpentigo gets into the ring and starts beating down Jurassic Express with the inner circle. We're like, wait a second, is this a new member of the inner circle? No, it's not, because then Serpentico took off his mask, pretty cool mask, by the way, I really like the design, to reveal himself as Sammy Guevara, who's been missing for just under four weeks, I would say, after he was suspended by AEW to attend, uh, what's the word, like, sort of, Women not, empathy training. I don't know yeah, what was it called. It's not rehabilitation. It was so, so, like uh, it was like behavior correction or something like that. Yeah, the the scene in Clockwork Orange where they pull open your eyeball and make you watch loads of stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's brainwashing. That was just a bad <laughs> comparison. So, sort of sensitivity training, I suppose. And that was off the back of uh, sort of you know, the insensitive comments he made about Sasha Banks about four years ago in a podcast. That clip was resurfaced. AW made the decision to suspend him and make him go to this sort of awareness uh, seminars to, you know, make him a better person and to learn from those mistakes. And he's back now, which is which is really good. Well done. This is, this is a really nice way to resolve what was quite a controversial, uh, sticky situation a couple of months ago. Hopefully everyone is now the better for it. And the inner circle are together again. Just like me, Ollie Davis, joined by the chop, Pete Quinnell. That's, That's... what he's calling himself now. Nope. Nope. Because he claims to be more popular and well-known than The Rock himself. That's not... No, that's not you, what we... No. Do you want to explain to the people the viral sensation that is The Chop? It's not... Okay. I'm not The Chop, for starters. But there was a very interesting thing on Wrestling Observer Live, uh, as it turns out. Dave Meltzer mentioned that the UK viewer viewership for SmackDown was less than what we got for the WrestleTalk podcast review of the same episode of SmackDown. So that means that now we're we're better than WWE. We're bigger than WWE. I'm the best. I'm the chop. I don't know. I don't the know uh, maybe you're the demo chop. I'm the I'm the demo chop. That's the what it is. Chop. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can actually break down the demographics here for anyone who is interested. The The numbers of SmackDown in the UK the other week were like 9,000. Yeah, I think it's about 9,600 or 10,000, something like that. Disastrously low. That is, that and, is abysmal. And that is including uh, seven hours uh, extra for DVR time as well. That's not just live because obviously it's on at 1 a.m. in the UK, but it does give time for on a Saturday morning uh, to watch it. But no one is, really. No, 10,000 people. Very, very low. Whereas if you go back and watch the the SmackDown podcast that B and Andy did, uh, that got like probably 20,000, 25,000 is the number it usually gets. Only 4,000 of those are in the UK. So it's not like we beat them in the UK. But isn't that mm. fun? But, but the chop is the demo chop. Apparently, like I say, apparently, but if you think about it though, about 4,000 from the UK, that's like just under half 
of the UK SmackDown audience watches yeah. our show, which is pretty mental. So don't worry, the go. way Raw ratings are going, I'm sure me and Luke will be there at the same same sort oh, of yeah. jockeying for position with WWE. <laughs> and so let's talk about this episode of Dynamite and what was, in my view, I think one of the better episodes of the year. And this this is kind of a weird take because we've just had four very good sequential episodes. We had the go-home show for Fighter Fest. Then we had Fighter Fest times two. Then we had Fight for the Fallen last week. And I would argue each week got progressively better. However, they all came with their own expectations because these are essentially TV pay-per-views. They're special events. And I know me personally, definitely for night one of Fighter Fest, it didn't meet my expectations for a special event like the AEW ones that have happened in the past. I'm thinking Bash at the Beach on the Jericho Cruise or the, you know, the, the cage match with Cody and Wardlow, stuff like that. This was the first Dynamite in a month that didn't have those expectations. It was just a normal episode of Dynamite. There's, you know, the next pay-per-view is all out all the way at the start of September. And this was one of the most enjoyable, just weekly episodes of wrestling TV you will ever find. Storylines were progressed in a good way. The in-ring wrestling was either very, very good or very, very fun. And all the characters are over. I loved it. Yeah, I there's really nothing to complain about on the show. Like, I don't think there was anything that was particularly like hugely groundbreaking in terms of the crazy shock angles or anything like that. Bar Sammy Guevara coming back, but I think that was more of like, oh, he's back, okay, rather than a oh my god, I can't believe he's here. There wasn't anything like massive, but there wasn't really anything that was bad. Everything progressed, like you said, everything was fun. It was just. There's nothing really to critique. It was just a really, really good episode. It was fun. Yeah, I think that's important to say because I think a lot of people will be like, well, why didn't you give it five out of five? And that's like my my criteria, as arbitrary as it is, and really sometimes it depends on how much food I've eaten that day. If I give something a one out of five, then it has to be like actively damaging, like a really, really terrible segment or match. Karaoke showdown. Karaoke showdown, for example. Or like Ricochet, just the first time Ricochet was booked really badly. You know, terrible. Makes me pessimistic about the future. If it's a five out of five show, I want at least one killer angle that I'm going to remember for a long time. And this this show didn't have a super killer angle. It had really like fun, memorable spots, you know, like... Lance Archer throwing a dude through a ceiling, but overall, like it was, it didn't have that all-time great moment for me that gets to the five out of five. But man, this flew by. I think if anyone ever said to me, "Oh, I want to get into that sort of wrestling stuff that you like," shall I watch WWE? Shall I watch Impact? Shall I watch AEW? I'll say this episode of Dynamite. Mm. I feel like. Anytime I, I I check in with your AEW streams from time to time, and I feel like either one, you or Luke, always says, you know, I'd, well, I'd show someone this episode of Dynamite to get them into wrestling. I think that just really goes to show that they put on a very consistently good to great product. And it just goes to show week to week, they have characters that make sense, they stay consistent, they don't book them in terrible angles that actively damage their talent. 
And it's just refreshing to see a good product that you can continue to be optimistic for week after week, and they still deliver on a good to great product every week. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good it's, it's good you say that because I think I never really picked up on how much me and Luke say, I think it's, yeah, the underlying need is I just want to show everyone AEW because I love it. I really, really love it. Mm-hmm. And it's it is a bit frustrating that I've been asking for an alternative to WWE that isn't NXT, you know, because it is owned by WWE. But uh, for, for since I got into indie wrestling in 2010, and I've been doing that very publicly since I took over and wrestled talk in 2016, and now it's here, and it's it is satisfying all of my needs in a big way. And I'm saying I love this product. Everyone's like, well, you're being paid by Tony Khan. <laughs> Do you not really? Can I not like the wrestling? (laughs) I love it though, and I I do. I just want to. I just want people to watch it, and and it's nice to be excited about stuff like that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist 
exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. So we need to say thank you now to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. If you haven't been to WrestleTalk's Patreon page yet, you should. There's loads of bonus content. There's all sorts of stuff on there. I'm kind of losing my trail of thought right now because even though I do normally do this for the SmackDown podcast, I normally have someone else here. It's really throwing me off. But anyway, if you pledge at the $25 uh, or above tier uh, you get your own custom wrestling name and it gets read out on a show just like this one so thank you to rdk the k stands for the coolest dude ever you also get a cheap pop woo yeah thank you uh let's have a drink chris merriman oh thank you very much the hunter tyler bailey this is weird with only one person really strange duncan just duncan thank you very much you're great this is some kind of patron shout out nate drops surname Again, I, I, I don't do the, the woos when I, I do it. Magnetic Field, thank you. You're great. Ari the Boozerweight Fellberg, thank you very much. Robert F. Dangerously, you're the best. We love you. He's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. Yay, thank you. Finding Jewelry Devon, thank you very much. It's Hanu. Matthew McCready, thank you very much. And finally for today, Ken, I'm not eligible to get a case of craft beer. DeLeon, woo, thank you very much. Um, should we get in with your super chats to see what everyone else thought on the subject of Sammy returning? Check the comment, says Seth Bollins said he makes more money than Will Ospreay and wrestling fans were more outraged about that than Sammy Guevara saying he wanted to, you know, do a horrible thing to Sasha Banks. Let that sink in. Um, yeah, I think, you know, if you that they are... Seth Rollins had a larger platform when he said that, and that was in a very different time. Uh, Sammy Guevara wasn't well known at all when he made these comments. These were four years ago. Uh, so it's, yeah, and, and like, you know, sensitivities have changed even in the last four years. It's unfortunate that those comments were ever made, but yeah, it's, you know, it's come out now and it, it's sort of spread now. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sort of get on a moral high horse about that. They, they seem to be quite distinct, separate events. Yeah. Uh, and anyway. I, I, I'd also say as well that uh, simply due to the na nature of the speaking out movement, it, was, it wasn't an isolated incident with Sammy Guevara. There was lots of other... And I, I'm not trying to say that what Sammy Guevara did was fine, but there were much worse incidents of physical abuse and things like that so i think in comparison people weren't as mad about it whereas the seth rollins thing that was the big talking point of wrestling at the time so everyone was mad about it because that was the thing that people were talking about i long for those days i know right? where, where the big controversy was just seth saying he made loads of money Ugh. uh oh, well. phoenix best episode of dynamite of all time i think Oof. that's a that's a big one uh, and yeah it's, it's, it's good. If you think it's your favourite, then by all means, yeah, I can totally see it. 
It's in the conversation. Jobba JJ 496 Did you hear Wrestling Observer Radio? <laughs> Wrestle Talk gets more views than SmackDown on BT Sport. Also, Italy has dropped WWE for AEW. Eddie Ooh. Kingston was amazing. Yes, he was. And Lance is scary. Too right. Yes, he is. And also, yes, we draw more than SmackDown. That's going to be a thing now. That's the chop. Uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Jazzcat. We just saw Eddie Mother Ethine Kingston beat the S word out of Cody. Thank you for censoring all your words there that was the best more indie vets doing matches like this please chris hero next oh seriously when they said it was going to be mystery guest top independent wrestler for tnt title i was like chris hero please chris hero please chris hero oh it'd be so good uh jobber jj496 again if lance archer ever destroys this jobber i may have glass in my shins but i will survive new meme everyone tell pritchard wrestle talk is better than wwe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. oh no this is gonna spiral out of control pretty fast uh aaron smith plot twist hangman turns heel on kenny and forms the horseman with ftr and sean spears because he's a horseman because he's a because he's a cowboy mm. he's a he's a he's a whole, four horseman speaking of four horsemen by the way uh just a quick little plug for wrestle talk interviews real quick uh tomorrow we're gonna have an interview with ftr going up on wrestle talk interviews and in the interview they speak about you know creating a new four horsemen stable and whether they'd want to do it or not spoilers they don't but yeah it's a really really interesting interview trust it's genuinely i was supposed to watch it just to be like oh let's see if we can pick out these things and clip these bits and i just ended up just watching it because it was really really good so just watch it tomorrow it's really good subscribe to wrestle talk interviews Rest talk interviews in an interview done by Louis Dangor. Um, mm. Obviously, uh, I guess we'll take this moment now to address the pinned comment because we're contractually obliged to. Uh, Louis is sort of, you know, holding us a bit over a barrel with his contract negotiations. We gave him a channel. We let him interview all these people, and now he's like, "Now I want to be on Quizlemania." We're like, "You're not a draw." So he <laughs> he he said that he is a draw and we said prove it so uh, there's a there's a petition there's a petition that you can that's linked in the in the pinned comment on the live chat and if you want to you can go over there and sign it you don't have to but you, if you do but probably not worth it but mm. you know adam's got more on that in a video on parts mm. of unknown uh, but don't watch that but don't watch that either. Alexis Ebden loved Dynamite, not watching WWE. So whenever AEW knocks it out of the park, it's a good week. Also, Tuesday's podcast, Chaos Backstage, <laughs> which was our title for Raw because there were so many last minute changes. I was like, but Shinsuke is on SmackDown. Hashtag jam that jam. <laughs> jam that jam. Damn. More New Japan yeah. jokes. We got them. Japan. We watch wrestling. Uh, Just do a few more. Rangers Mayhem. What's your opinion of Taz and JR's comments about the Wednesday Night Wars? I've literally only just saw the JR ones just saying there isn't even a competition. DVR Smackdown because we're better. Um, Which is like, uh, sorry, DVR NXT uh, because we're better. You just hate SmackDown right now. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's just because I've got SmackDown on my mind just because we're better than them. Um, But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course he's going to say that. Like, I, I, I really enjoy the competition, whether people believe it or not, or 
or they're just joking around or not. It's fun to have competition. It's not fun to have tribalism. That's a different thing. But it's fun to just say, well, we're obviously better because they're employed by those people. Of course, it's like we're saying we're better than WWE, which we are. Yes. Uh, just two more. Gavin Elks, the guy that Lance Archer put through the roof, was lucky not to hit the second slightly taller <laughs> roof on the other side. God, you stole a joke I was going to do later. Damn, damn it. that jam. Josh to Dominic's Eddie Kingston was my favorite TNT Open Challenge. I agree. His promo was cut from his soul. Arn said next week, Cody goes to war. Cody fears war horse. Yeah. Or Wardlow. Or the War Raiders. I don't know. Could be. I think it'd be nice to see Warhorse up in there. I'm not that familiar with his work, but I know the people yeah. who like him are just that they love him. play-by-play review of AEW, which opened with that TNT Open Challenge. It was advertised in advance as a, a really big free agent in wrestling. And he, it was Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston of, like, impact fame and... Well, actually, I don't really know him outside of that. I believe he was a Chikara World Champion, but he's been doing a lot of MLW stuff recently. No, not MLW. Was it MLW? NWA. 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 Um, so that was, for me, that was a bit telling on the NWA's immediate future, at least, that they are... That there was a report last week where Sean Mossap said that NWA management have pretty much told all their talent, look, we're not going to be able to put on shows for a long time. If you want out of your contracts right now, have, you, you can have them, and, and we'll work out something down the line, which is very, very accommodating of them. That's very nice. Uh, you know, not all companies uh, are like that. Lucha Underground, for example. And yeah, just just five days after we see one of their roster turn up for this. So, I, mm. you know, those two things could be connected. But Eddie Kingston comes out here. S such a great promo. He's always oh. been such a great promo guy. And he just cuts such a passionate speech on the mic that was so effective. And I agree with the person who said, as I feel like I'm doing the, the politics briefings, I agree with the person over there. <laughs> I, I agree with you that this was the best TNT Open Challenge. Not only was it a hell of a match, like a sort of hardcore, no DQ style match, but just the way Eddie got us into him as a character and set up the dramatic conflict between him fighting up from the streets in a, a real legit way, I totally believed him against this, you know, Cody, who's been handing everything. He's part of the Rhodes dynasty. Brilliant stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so, so effective. And it's so refreshing to see someone who was new to the product, not new to a lot of people watching it, but new to AEW to come in. And for the people that weren't familiar with him, he immediately go, you just go, oh, I get it. I get, I get him. I know why he's here. I get why he's angry. I get why he's answered the open challenge. I'm on board with this whole thing, all in like the space of about two minutes in a promo. It was so passionate, well told of just, like you said, his struggles from the streets and hanging around people that were on drugs and how he's had to fight for everything. And Cody has been handed basically everything, um, which is kind of true uh so yeah it, it was really effective like you said it, it brought up the conflict that was going to play out in the match and it immediately made you go oh i care about this guy 
instantaneously. And that was all in the space of about three minutes in the opening, um, which is so refreshing to see because a lot of times you either, especially in AEW as well, there's been quite a few times where people have debuted and you will, you'll need to know who they are in order to get it. Like there's been some anticlimactic debuts with like Luther and stuff like that, where if you don't get him or know him before you're like, wait, what's, what's happening? What's going Mm. on? Um, Whereas this one guy comes in and if you don't know, you're immediately invested anyway, which I, I thought was fantastic. Really effective. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of just confidence and through just like a lot of experience. He's been in the business like 15, 20 years. And when he comes out, you know, Ricky Starks is great, but he's at the other end of his career. When he came out, you get a sense of, oh, it's a guy playing pro wrestler, but I like it. Let's go with this. When Eddie Kingston comes out, I believed in every single thing he said. And it it just helps you lift that veil of disbelief. And they had... I, I thought a really good match it wasn't like a technical masterpiece, but it was so full of sort of emotion and passion. And Eddie, Eddie had his own little storyline running through as well. So smart. He's going to lose. So he's selling the knee early, you know, just off a dive night, really, really effective psychology there. Uh, and the big spot was the thumbtacks. Oh boy. Yeah. When, uh, like you said, a hardcore match. He, he, he goaded Cody into making it a no DQ match, essentially. And then, uh, yeah, there was all sorts of hardcore spots. And he grabs this bag at one point. And I'm like, don't do the thing that they did with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Don't just have a load of weapons in. If you grab a bag, it's got to have thumbtacks in it. And it did. It did have thumbtacks in it. And for once, it was super weird to see the guy that got the thumbtacks actually put the other person in them which is just such a great subversion of what we're so used to, what's been built in for ages. If someone sets up, whoever sets up the table is going through it or whoever puts out the thumbtacks is going in them. But no, Kingston puts them out. There's a few like near spots where, you know, Cody was going for like, uh, like the sit down, whatever it is. The, I can't remember the name of the movie. It's like a reverse pile driver. A yeah. double underhook reverse pile driver sit. I don't know. Head tombstone head banging (laughs) thing yeah uh went for one of them and like was pushing cody around and then eventually just power bombed him straight on the thumbtack i was like oh looked awful but great and then loads of them just stuff in cody's back for the rest of the match looked brutal yeah it was really good didn't go much longer after that and cody tapped him out in the in the figure four uh I, i i loved it um i don't i you know i think AEW's roster is pretty good right now. I, I wouldn't want to see everyone who answers the open challenge to get signed. I quite like the idea of Eddie Kingston to just disappear into the ether for a bit. And maybe, you know, it's foreshadowing for two, three months down the line, he answers another one. I don't know. But yeah, this was so good. And I love power bombs. Mm. And this was just one of three excellent power bombs on this show. Yep. It's nice yeah, to they're... see. Really good, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really effective way to put over both Kingston and Cody, continue all of that, and just for Kingston to come in and get it. I even like the little bit where, like you said, there was so much passion in the match where Kingston just went to go start slapping Cody, and then Cody just started slapping the hell out of him just before he locked in the, the figure four. He's like, I've had enough of you. Just mm. bang, 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 just knocking him all over the shop and then locked in the figure four. It's great. Uh, after that, we had John Moxley cutting a promo about how he nearly tore Brian Cage's bicep again. Uh, then MJF, this was this was just a brilliant little bit because you know not all matches need to be matches, not all squash matches need to be squash matches. Sometimes you can get that 
that there's something that's not really done these days, which is a match angle. So what this was... A mangle? A mangle. We got a mangle mm. right here. What this was, was MJF cutting a promo about how he's never been defeated. while, But like in the background, there's a match happening where he's beating the guy. Yes. So it was just a different way to to do this MJF thing that we've had, you know, for 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 a while now. It's never gotten old though because he's so charismatic. Where he comes down to the ring and there's a guy who looks like Jungle Boy but taller. He's called Griff Garrison, and he just beat. They they had a match. He beat him up. He got a he got a microphone. Started because Griff Garrison said. Oh, you have lost a match, though. You lost that tag match, although MJF was never pinned. That was Wardlow. So he just grabbed a microphone and started screaming at Griff that he's never lost a match, admit it, and Griff turned that into a roll-up. It was very, very smart, yeah. And the, the near fall spot, I didn't think that MJF was going to lose. But for a split second, in that near fall, I was like... <gasps> <laughs> oh, no, don't they're going to do it. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, MGF kicked out of that. Um, hit the, uh, oh, his finisher. What's his finisher's name? They said it on the commentary. I yeah. forget what it was. Anyway, he hit that names. and he got the win. I, I love that uh, Griff Garrison <laughs> sounds like the most Jobberson WWE 2007 jobber name. It's like Braden Walker and, <laughs> and Griff Garrison. Uh, they could be a tag team. But yeah, no, it was really, really good. And yeah. I just love that he looked like Jungle Boy. Mm. I, I, it's, ju it's just perfect in, in, in every sense of the word. Love MJF. Hot take, MJF is really good. Uh, after that, we got a little pre-taped uh, sort of video skit, I guess, where Britt Baker has had nose surgery after an injury caused in a match with, was it Sheeda earlier in the year? Can't remember. And... Uh, yeah, Rebel is sort of tending to her. Tony Schiavone is is interviewing her. And Britt Baker's just using all this to say, rule number four of being a role model is don't count me out. I'm Michael Jordan. Don't count me out. And Rebel and Tony are just trying to tiptoe around her ego. Uh, it was brilliant stuff. Yeah, it was so funny. She's such a natural heel, Britt Baker. Really funny. Yeah, I, I I can't complain about this. I'm I'm super invested. They're doing such a good job of making her still really interesting while she's off TV and can't wrestle. After that, we got Taz coming out to cut a promo with Brian Cage, explaining why he threw in the towel at the end of last week's episode in the big title match between Cage and John Moxley. And he said, "Look, it was a business decision. I've got to protect my investment. If Cage." tore his bicep he'd be out for another six seven months i need him to stay in so he never submitted and somehow taz is such a good promo and you that promo plus aw's overall booking of oh and here's uh, a feud with darby allen that started right after the match last week oh and here's ricky starks as well he's part of the little taz collective too now you're not thinking brian cage lost his first proper match in AEW. I'm thinking, oh, wow, he's really dangerous. Yeah, it's it's so incredibly smart to be able to have a guy who lost kind of the first properly big match that he had. Well, you know, 
yeah, I said the, the first properly big match that he's had in AEW. Kind of like how, you know, how Brody Lee came up short, but they still managed to still make him interesting with the Dark Order. And in this one, they've got Brian Cage, who came up short with John, but then they've still managed to get this Taz promo to say, well, yeah, but he didn't actually lose, though, did he? Like, I threw in the towel to protect him. And I really like how Taz was saying, like, Brian wasn't happy about this originally. Like we we had heated conversations, you know, he, mm. he he's not just a guy and he didn't look like a chump who was just like, oh yeah, I'm fine with losing. It was like, no, he's he's been angry about the fact that Taz threw in the towel because he wanted to win, but now he realizes he's looking at the long game of what he can achieve in the future rather than right now, which is just so good. It's perfect. I think, you know, watching another company for so long, I've seen people get built up and then fed to someone. And then that person who was built up, Rusev John Cena, Bray Wyatt John Cena, you know, they're, they're built up and then they lose the big match and you never see them again. So this has made this mindset in my head where if ever someone gets built up and I'm like, I like this person, he's my new favorite wrestler. And then they lose their first match. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm done with them now. It's kind of like it's post-traumatic stress disorder. When really wrestling booking has worked that way for ages, you just give them to do something afterwards and you keep them strong. And maybe you build to a rematch down the line. Yeah. Like that's that happens in loads of other sports. People don't just generally disappear when they fought for a world title. So, I, you know, this is twice now, like you said, Brody Lee and now Brian Cage that AEW have done this with. You know what? Add a third in there, Hangman Page for the mm, inaugural totally. championship shot as well, where all three guys have gotten better after that, what perceived was their, the, the apex of their initial run. So thank you, AEW, for making me, making me believe stuff can be booked uh, better. So after that, Ricky Stark, Darby Allen came out to attack Cage. Ricky Starks jumped him. They're going to beat him up, but Moxley fights them off with a baseball bat. Another beautiful powerbomb, by the way, from Brian Cage on Darby yes. Allen on the stage. Oh, looked horrible to take. Um, after that, we got a promo that said the women's division is now going to get a women's tag team cup tournament, the deadly draw this summer. And I've seen a few people message me going, well, I hope Ollie Davis shuts up about how AEW aren't booking the women's division correctly. Jory's out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, just announcing a match or a tournament, that's right out of WWE's playbook. Just saying totally. you're doing this or that doesn't mean you're going to actually give them something of substance. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic, but it's optimism very much laced with cynicism because I've been watching this product for nine months now. I've seen multiple false starts of the women's division and... They're struggling to get a singles division going with all their roster limitations. You know, if, if this was Impact and it was all of the great female talent they've got over there, I'd be, yeah, you know what? You could have a tag team tournament. How are they going to do it with AEW? There's no real established tag teams. So that means you're going to have to fudge people together. I, I just think it's a bit of a Hail Mary. I don't know whether this is kind of a dusty classic situation where it's like, well, the prize is going to be really big. So all the singles wrestlers are going to want to team up with someone to win something big at the end. And that that does normally work for the dusty classic. Granted, it's kind of just morphed into tag teams just do it now. But, you know, in the in the original incarnation of it in NXT, it was a lot of single guys going, you yeah, know, actually, I really want to win this tournament. Let, let's team mm -hmm. up and do this thing. So maybe it'll be that 
that case i i don't know like you said i'm kind of a little bit skeptical right now because it does just feel like they've listened to criticism going well you've not taken women's wrestling you know as seriously as as you promised and they go okay uh tournament yeah let's do that and that will fix it so i'm i'm a bit skeptical right now but hopefully it will be good yeah uh, after that, we got the Inner Circle having an interview with Alex Marvez about their upcoming main event against Jurassic Express. Uh, Chris Jericho said Luchasaurus isn't a real dinosaur. And then he asked, this is brilliant, he asked Santana, do I still smell of orange juice? Because he's still wearing the $7,000 jacket that was covered in orange juice last week. A segment that I did not enjoy, remember. I'm not going back on that. But Jericho's post-selling of it was much better. Did you hear the original plan for this? I did not. So what happened was the orange juice was just dropped from up high onto them. The original plan was for Orange Cassidy to ride in on an orange juice truck and hose them down a la the milk and beer angles from WWF. Mm. I think that would have been better. I don't... I don't know whether it would have been. I feel like it would have drawn comparisons much more so. Mm. Granted, like other companies have done thing falls from the ceiling and splashes people in the ring. And it's never That's been also... good. It's never been good. Granted, other companies have done that. But I think that is much more of an iconic uh, scene of Stone Cold and Kurt Angle doing it with beer and milk. I think if he did it with orange juice, people go, well, that's, that's just copying now. I think maybe if they'd done a slightly more unique take on it, if it wasn't a truck with a hose, then it might have been different. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I think it would have at least been better than what they did. Probably. Uh, but Jericho said, "Do I?" You know, he asked Santana, "Do I still smell of orange juice?" And Santana sniffs him and goes, "Yeah, boss." And Jericho just screams, "Damn!" <laughs> and like after right. he says, well, "What do you want me to do? Do you want me to lie?" Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, after that, we actually got my... I mean, there were, I've got so many favourite bits of this episode, but this is my most favourite. And it was... It felt like it just started from out of nowhere. Like, the Young Bucks, the camera cuts to the Young Bucks, and they just walk in backstage. They walk into this giant kitchen, and the Butcher and the Blade are just there, awesomely dressed, all in white, as they do now, and they're just chopping up meat in the middle of this empty kitchen. And the Bucks are like, we're having a Fool's Count Anywhere match. It's happening right now. And Butcher and the Blade are like, all right. All right. <laughs> it was like the, it was, I just felt like it was a mix between like a Batman comic because Butcher and the Blade feels so Batman villain-like to me. Uh, they're, you know, they're quite larger than life, I suppose, the Alice in Wonderland connections as well. Uh, but it also felt quite... Um, Oh, what's that? Oh, I've forgotten my my reference now. So it's sort of like like a movie. This felt more like a movie, mm. like a Guy Ritchie movie. That's yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I liked how this started. I I don't know if I'm a fan of Butcher Blade just being in a kitchen. It's like, guys, you have a wrestling match. You're gonna are you you're gonna warm up? Are you gonna are you gonna do an entrance? What are you doing? I'm cutting meat. That's what I right. do. Yeah. All right. You go for it. Uh, but as soon as the match started, I, I really liked that when they said they were going to start, they were like, okay, give me a second. I need to wash my hands first. And like, you know, go, go get clean from it and all that stuff. And then they started wrestling and it, ju it just started at like 11 and just carried on. It was immediately like throwing into tables. There was a, a really cool bit where 
uh, I can't remember whether it was Matt or Nick, one of the young bucks like leapt over a table and then kicked the table back into the stomach of another guy. Mm. They were like throwing into the walls. There was a suplex onto a table. I was like, ow, that would probably hurt. It's just, just spot, 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 spot. It just carried on for ages. It's fun. <laughs> it's very yeah. fun. Yeah, it's sort of, the, and like going into the break, the young buck super kicked the blade and he fell back onto an escalator that was going up. So he just like was going up as I think JR was yelling, we'll be back after the break. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like an old Batman cartoon and the fight sequence cartoon show, I guess. But then the, the, they, they cut to the ring. Eventually they get to ringside and, some of this stuff here was so well thought out. Like, you know, like some hardcore matches are spot. Oh, it's a bit clunky spot. The way the Bucks structure stuff, it was just insane awesomeness consistently throughout. Uh, and one of one of the pits went wrong, but it was still awesome. And that was the blade doing a running, jumping senton over the top rope to the outside, missing the Bucks which I'm pretty sure he was meant to do, but also missing the table that was set up there for him to go through. Yeah. Just, oh. yeah, just, just looked horrible. Like it was a diagonal table that was set up on the barricade for him to just kind of go and slam into, but he, he just missed. He just missed. It was just, I don't think it was anyone's fault, but his, he, he just missed. So... Oh. And then, but then you didn't have too much time to dwell on that because immediately after the butcher then came in and crossbodied the other young buck through the table in the corner as well, which is great. So yeah, it it, it stopped you lingering on botches too long and just went and next next spot it was really good. I don't even know if it was a botch. That's the beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the the finish was you know really really spectacular. Uh, they fired up to the ramp. I don't they the hardly fought in the ring. This truly was a fool's count anywhere match. And they, the Bucks super kicked both Butcher and the Blade onto these separate tables. All of this somehow not contrived. Mm. Like this all flowed really, really naturally to get a really artificial spot set up. And then both of them climb up to the opposite entrances, you know, the heel babyface entrances that AEW have on their ramp. And they both did splashes off the top of the entranceways through the tables to win. I loved this match. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And it just made you realize that even a team that's not as as prominently featured, like Butcher and the Blade, who aren't, you know, FTR, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, Hangman and and Kenny, are still really, really good. God, their tag division's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, after that, we got Alex Marvez trying to interview Lance Archer and Jake Roberts as they sort of arrived. And Lance just ignored him and stormed into, well, grabbed Marvez and stormed into a locker room and dragged Marvez in with him. And effectively saying, I'm not going to talk to you. My actions are going to do the talking. And he beat up everyone in there as Jake the Snake sort of told Marvez off camera all the all the brilliant things about Lance Archer. It was amazing because this is where Lance threw a guy through a ceiling. <laughs> it was just a locker room. We threw one guy just into like, you know, like the wooden locker. It's not like an actual like metal locker, but just like the wooden uh, sections. Threw one guy into that, like big booted another guy, took another guy through the roof, 
It was hilarious. And then I think he took the same guy and then chucked him in a bin afterwards as well. It's it's just brilliant. Like I, the the uh, the way they portrayed Lance Archer since he's debuted in AEW has been fantastic. Like the whole thing when they had the the vignettes when he was in the ring in the middle of nowhere and just beat up like thirty guys around a ring, mm. and him now just beating up guys in a locker room and just putting them in bins and through roofs. It's just it's perfect for his character. It's really really effective. Yeah, I guess he's a name that we can add to these people who lost their first big match. He had this mm. excellent build through the TNT title tournament, but Cody beat him. So Lance isn't of the same like level as he was before, but he I don't think he's lost anything. No, They've done I a really it's... good tactic of keeping him out of the way, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I still <clears> think he's probably... He might be slightly lower than where he was before, but it is, is only slight. It's definitely yeah. not been a massive drop-off after his TNT title loss. Uh, then we got Ivalice versus Diamante, both making their Dynamite debuts. Ivalice wrestled at the All Out Battle mm -hmm. Royal, was it? Uh, last yes. August. And Diamante wrestles on Dark. Uh, and they had a pretty decent match. What well, didn't go that long. And Big Swole still appeared uh, in a promo thing, sort of squishing the screen in two. And so, so, you know, still not that amazing treatment of the women's division. It's It sort of seemed like a, oh, okay, we've got to have a women's match here. Let's cram in the Big Swole interview too. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, it still didn't fill me with hope, but that I thought both of them wrestled really well in the ring. And it was an exciting finish too. Uh, Diamante got the surprise Inside Cradle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was a good finish, by the way. I know Inside Cradle sounds cheap, but it actually really played into the, the structure of the match and the story really well. Um, yeah, it, it did feel a little bit like, here's your women's division with, with this one. Like, for, And they don't do that for anything else. Like, Even the tag division kind of runs through the show multiple segments you can have you know singles wrestlers had matches and stuff like that that sorry like a singles wrestler from a tag team is still being featured throughout the shows whereas this is like okay we're going to have the two women wrestle and we're going to have the other story from the women's division is going to be a promo during this match as well it's like here's your women's bit so it's not it's not perfect it's getting there but it's been getting there for ages so mm -hmm. it needs to just kind of start picking up now one of the other things that people keep saying to me when I criticize AEW's presentation of their women's division is, well, you know, they've they've been dealt a rough card because obviously COVID and then they got multiple injuries with Baker and Statlander, haven't got Rio around because of travel issues. And yeah, I get that. I get that. Loads of other companies have had that too. And Slammiversary was a huge eye-opener, seeing like the depth of female talent they have there. They could have signed Diana Perrazzo. AEW could have gone for her. Kylie Ray was someone who was with the company last August. They could have, you know, I don't really know what went down there, but maybe they could have made an effort to keep her. Here, Diamante is pretty damn good. She's been on their roster. She's been available. Why hasn't she been used to fill the gap three months ago? Why are we only seeing her now? Ivelisse as well, you could have brought her debut forward. So, yeah, I just... I don't know what to say. Yeah, like they, they might not have had any of their top stars, but then you don't just go, oh, not going to any top stars. Oh, well, like, no, you yeah. create new ones. That's what you do in the, in the gap. So, yeah, they, they definitely should have been trying a bit harder. Uh, after that, we got Alan Five Angles. Angels. Oh. 
said it wrong a few times. Was I at least consistently consistently wrong? You you said angles every time. Mm, damn it, angels. More than angle. I should just say five. I should just say five. That is his uh, name. It's five. Mm. Uh, but he took on Hangman Page. Usually, you know, when say Alan Angels versus Hangman Page, although it was Angels who had that really good match with Kenny Omega a few months ago when he first signed with the company. Uh, you, usually you're not like, oh, this is a mouth-watering bout. I'm, I'm sure it will be in ring, but storyline-wise, what's going on there? But Alan being a part of the Dark Order just just levels up the sort of storyline complexity to everything and it adds this layer that's really, really exciting right now. I love the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who'd have thought you'd have said that shortly after Dynamite debuted with the kind of botchy start that they had and it was stop and start all the time but then kind of since Brody Lee's joined it it's just leveled up to a whole yeah. whole new faction entirely um and yeah I mean Hangman Page took this match pretty decisively I can't really think of any significant offense that Five actually had in this match um and he just won with a powerbomb um mm. not what a powerbomb or... though oh it was good um oh. <laughs> you, you and your powerbombs uh yeah, no, it, it, it was a good match, and but it just played further into the story of, yeah, you beat the one guy, here's everybody else that's standing on the stage. Uh, and that played into the, the promo afterwards, because Brody Lee came out with Colt Cabana and then cut a promo just being like, hey, man, I've always been a big fan of your work, Adam Page. Uh, here's what I'm offering. I think it's really dumb that you came out here with no friends, no tag partner, no nothing, when you're quite clearly in danger. We can offer you some protection. That's all I'm offering. You, we can protect you as a dark order. And he's like, ah, don't really want to join a cult right now. Just chilling. And he's like, well, that's the bed you've made. I hope you enjoy sleeping in it. Walked off to kind of, I love the way that he interacts with Colt Cabana because it's mm. not just him and Colt are together. It's the putting his arm around his shoulder to shield him from the violence that's about to happen as he walks off. It was, oh, it's, it's little things that really make it with Brody Lee. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the rest of the Dark Order come down to try and uh, beat on Adam Page. But, 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 who comes out to save him? It's not his bloody tag partner, is it? It's not Kenny. It's FTR, which is just so smart. So, so smart to have FTR come out. They clear the ring out. They smash like uh, a uh, cooler <laughs> over the Dark Order, beat on the rest and clear the ring. And then Kenny comes out. It's, oh. I love I love subtle storytelling, and yeah. this was a spot on. Loved it. My yeah, my favorite thing anywhere, not just in wrestling, but when I'm reading a comic or when I'm watching a movie, is when they come up with something better than I had thought of. Mm. So you know, like you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, "All right, Kenny Omega's going to run down and help him with the butt." <gasps> when FTR <laughs> run out with the cooler, like how symbolic is that? A cooler full of beers, given the sort of you know, it's not just a, a professional awkward, a personal awkwardness between Paige and Omega. It's, you know, it, it can come down to I drink beer, you drink milk. And it, it was so poetically justified. And after last week's segment, where it's FTR who shared the drink with Paige when he's watching Kenny Omega's uh, Young Bucks match from the from what looked like a hotel bar. So, so good. This is excellent storytelling. And on the Brody Lee stuff, we always joke about how, you know, it's definitely not a Vince McMahon gimmick. It's a it's a mafia gimmick, like Brody says. 
this really was a mafia execution of this gimmick. Like you said, he was talking about protecting people. It was a racket. It was a protection money racket that he was offering Paige. And yeah, that, like you said, that guide in a way of Cabana is very Godfather-esque. That famous scene where the door just slams shut. Well, not slams shut, but drifts shut as you know, the very powerful mob bosses are talking behind closed doors. This was excellent. And mm -hmm. it all ended with, oh, by the way, the Dark Order are taking on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega next week for the tag titles. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait. What a great build for that match. Yeah. And I'm not expecting Dark Order to win it, but I can almost guarantee that there's going to be a really good story coming out of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's Eva Luno and Stu Grayson, I believe, representing mm. the Dark Order. Uh, I, I think that the Dark Order are also number one in the rankings. So this, for once, makes sense with that. Whoa. AW <laughs> rankings making sense. Who'd have thunk it? And the main event, which we've already kind of covered, was Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle. Uh, it was, a, you know, probably in ring, it was... It was my least favorite because everything else was just so good, but it was still a really solid main event tag match. Standard template. Jungle Boy gets worked over. Everything breaks down. Uh, a lot of seconds getting involved. Santana and Ortiz and Marco stunt. And in the end, it was uh, it was Luchasaurus who got beat by Jericho. Mm -hmm. With the assistance of Serpentico, who turned out to be Sammy Guevara, mm -hmm. uh, doing interference on the outside. Uh, but then after that as well, they're all celebrating. They're beaten down on uh, on Jurassic Express. And then uh, Best Friends come out. Uh, Orange Cassidy and, uh, and Best Friends come out. And they all uh, clear out the ring. And then we realize we get the revelation that next week it's going to be a 10-man tag with uh, Best Friends and Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle. Which is just, it's just going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's just going to be really fun. What a great bit of matchmaking. That's, mm -hmm. that's t like two bits there, like concurrent segments. I, I, I thought it was an absolutely stonker of an episode. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I it built next like, week. Yeah. I also liked as well from a, from a personal perspective, you know, Sammy Guevara coming back could have been a bit of a sticking point in the show for, for some people. I like the fact that he came back. And then it just kind of continued with the story. It wasn't like, oh my God, guys, Sammy's back. Look, oh my God, Sammy's back, Sammy's back, Sammy's mm. back. It was Sammy's back and we're getting right on with the story. The story's just carrying on. Here's best friends. Here's this thing we're going to carry on with the story. Great. Yeah, he's I... just back in the inner circle like nothing ever happened. It's great. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if anyone saw my face. Just, I just got the most insane cramp from <laughs> out of nowhere in my left calf. <laughs> From out of nowhere. You get oh. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, we'll bring you on. This is this is painful. <laughs> Andre Banks. <laughs> Glad Sammy is back. Don't like how they returned him. The shock return has the potential to celebrate him and minimize the reason for his suspension. I, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I had uh, an initial reaction like that as well. It wasn't so much, yay, Sammy's back. It was kind of like, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's never, 
it's very hard. You, you, I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't ultimately. Yeah. And I think ultimately if Sammy has gone away for his sensitivity training that he has, he succeeded at it. He's come back as a better person. He served the suspension. Then they should celebrate a guy on their roster who they're proud to have supposedly, you know, if, if he's, if he has proven himself to be a better person, which assumingly he has, then I don't see a problem with it. Uh, Rich McCann. Luchasaurus was hit by Sammy and the Serpentico mask for the for the win. Uh, he then joined them in the beatdown. I think I said Ortiz in my uh, oh, did review you? earlier. Yeah, maybe that's correcting me there. Anthony yeah. Pride. Griff Garrison has been featured on BTE and Sammy G's YouTube channel. Also, I wish for Sammy to tag with real-life friends Ricky Starks to form absolute sex gods. That would actually be quite good i'm into that I, i'm really liking ricky starks from the from the bits of scene in him yeah I, I i think that'd be a cool tag team uh ben isaacs considering what's happened recently should sammy and jericho consider changing their name from less sex gods uh i i, I don't think so no no i, I wouldn't say so either hmm. I, th I think they're fine as they are yeah i i get why you're asking the question yeah but totally you know like yeah uh, Eddie Kingston on the subject of Book of Kings. Eddie Kingston's promo is already in the top five promos of the year. It's pretty good. It was really good. Daniel M, the Kingston after match promo, total baby face. It didn't after match promo? Yeah, I don't remember that bit. Maybe it was on not on our feed. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat was more into Cody versus Kingston than I was versus Dustin. What? <sighs> God damn! One of the most emotional matches of all time, though not according to Louis Dancor. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew Robinson, this is how the TNT title should be defended, and gives a lot of new people coming into AEW. Yeah, I, I really like the the showcase feature mm. of it. It's not just AEW you're going to get to see; you're going to get to see the wider wrestling scope, which is great. Over to uh, you. we've got loads uh, of super chats, by the way. We do we'll, have tons. We'll try yeah. and thunder through. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the subject of Butcher and the Blade uh, Rich McCann said I'm so in love with Butcher and the Blade do you think they can ever win the tag titles absolutely yes ever absolutely yes they're really really good Yeah, maybe I'm, one I'm, day but I, I mean you know that it's look at the look at that division I don't think yeah. you want to be trading the tag titles that much I think they might get lost in the shuffle they can do for sure I think they have the talent to win the tag titles it's just whether the, the timing's right and the story's right for them um myron speed said support Ross russell talk ignore petitions <laughs> hashtag louis screwed louis um the butcher and blade match really elevated them for me lance murdering the ceiling was a plus i love that bit uh could one of the mods pop in the document where we're at with louis signatures at the moment that'd be, mm, that'd be interesting we... to know how how he's getting along that would be very good. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat, uh, Butcher and the Blade versus Bucks was great. Hope Blade is okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, that dive. Yeah, he seemed to be okay. There was a few spots afterwards that he managed to do just fine. So he, like, he still kept his timings in the match and stuff like that. So hopefully he's okay, yeah. Uh, Matthew Robinson said, uh, gotta love... Oh, hold on. I can't see because now uh, Mod Mother's typing in the thing, so I can't read what the thing says. Gotta love the no holds barred with the beginning, uh, with the butcher actually being a butcher. Yeah. Yes. And they were holding blades. Uh, see, you know, it, it all makes sense. Gimmicks. Um, yeah, we have we have got an update from uh, the Mod Mother on how many signatures that petition's got. It's about two thousand nine hundred and eighty-eight too many. 
I'd say, of <laughs> 2,988. So, it's yeah. a long way off 10,000, though, isn't it? I know. There's still Ooh. a ways to go. Yeah. Uh, on the women's division, Ben Isaacs, based on the name Deadly Draw, my guess would be that it's the old WCW tournament where all the teams are randomly selected, a.k.a. Lethal Lottery. Mm, it's not a bad idea. I quite yeah, like that. I like, I like nice to see the interactions, especially if you have people who aren't fans of each other coming together to tag team. I think that'd be fun to see the interactions between them. Alina uh, Bliss was happy to see two Latinas in the women's match. Made me proud as a fellow Latina. Was a great match. Hope they get pushed. Yep, they're both really, really good. I've been a, a fan of Eva Lee's for quite a while. I think she's great. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's really cool to see him. Why won't they use sooner? Is my yeah. only question. Matthew Robinson. One problem I have is the announcement of the women's tournament when they don't even have a good story for the division. This will not help. I hope it does. I hope it does help. I hope it's like a cruiserweight classic situation where cruiserweight wrestling wasn't really a thing in wwe but they put on the cruiserweight classic which was a stonker of a tournament and suddenly everyone went like oh cruiserweight wrestling is awesome so i'm hoping this is a tournament where everyone can go oh AEW's women's division is actually really really good and they put a lot of time and invest a lot into it whether they do or not it's another question but that's what i'm hoping uh similarly sort of down on it james hanley my patience with the women's division ended last night the tournament seems like a participation trophy and though i love swole how does playing swole's promo in the middle of the only women's match help anyone yeah agreed yeah totally agree with you james uh, Myron Speed, my guess is AEW is trying to elevate the women's division using their tag division's expertise. This has the added advantage of differentiating it against women, uh, WWE's women's tag efforts, or here's hoping. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> AEW really does know how to do tag team wrestling, so if they can get the same kind of expertise across to the women's division, it would be great, but I don't know. I think, yeah, I think you've just you've got to focus on the singles division first. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, we'll go on to some miscellaneous super chats now. Uh, Jonathan Hedman uh, says, if I missed this, or oh, you said it after I wrote this, I loved how Jericho's Tron was orange-tinted. Jam that jam. I didn't notice that. That's great. Yeah, that is that's very smart. Uh, Alan Sale said, Warhorse tease for next week online. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Malcolm Brown said uh, love the show uh, but I have PTSD listening to Tony Schiavone commentating on a backstage match god that video game WCW backstage assault sucked <laughs> I've never played it but I've watched enough YouTube videos about how crap it is to feel your pain yeah uh, the Zornice says uh, Ollie you're awfully happy that some guy threw your brother into thumbtacks uh, OT it's the outline of the blue part of the logo thicker than the other ones OT. Huh? OT. The mm. outline of the blue part of the logo? I don't know what you're talking Are you talking about these on the graphics? I'm very confused. You know, the blue Maybe. bottom line. Maybe. Um, the but yes. You're right, the Zornis. Uh, I am happy Cody was thrown into the tax. They're two separate questions. I got very confused. There's no punctuation to separate it. Anywho, uh, Rich McCann says, uh, I personally like, uh, would like to see Dark Order win next week and send Kenny in a downward spiral with a slow heel turn, trying to get it back with a page that does not really care to. Could happen. Could mm. happen. Be a huge win for the Dark Order, and I wouldn't be against it. 
uh, I just I love the Page Omega storyline so much. I want to see that continue. Arirotal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a terrible reading. Sorry. Uh, is there a main event scene in AEW right now? I'm a fan, but it's just weird to me that they have this huge mid-card scene with people emerging from it to have a main event match before sinking back down. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like the, the Moxley scene isn't as important in their mind as some of like the tag team stuff that they're doing. Mm. The tag team division feels much bigger than actually the, the AEW world title scene. Yeah, I, I, it reminds me of ECW when you had Shane Douglas as the champion. And it was almost like the championship matches were a bit like, okay, yeah, we we should have a championship match. When the really fun stuff was, you know, everyone else, Sabu, Rob Van Dam. So there is an element of that to it. I I think it's more that everyone's pushed so well that Mm. all the divisions seem quite equal. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, Charlie Davis said, uh, when Kenny was the cleaner last, he made not so subtle hints that it was because he felt abandoned by Ibushi. Kenny always turns when he feels abandoned by his tag team partners. Great character consistency. Mm, Yeah, that'd be really cool if that does end up happening. Uh, El Fermentado said, uh, amazing AEW show and Dark Order is always watching. Uh, As is Meltzer. As is Meltzer, but... uh, WWE's audience for SmackDown is not. Uh, Josh uh, De Dominic's said, uh, Hangman is involved with uh, Four Horsemen tees, tag titles, leaving the elite story, divide with Kenny, and now the Dark Order. That's how you book someone. That's how you book a promotion. Interconnected storylines. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick Drop Zone said, love this episode. Great wrestling and storytelling all round. All hail King Chop. Oh, no. Chopper We've... Too many nicknames, man. Can't keep adding them. Uh, did you want to take back over for a few? Or? Sure, I'll I'll do the the home straight. Sawyer, I can't believe how surprised I was by Sammy's return. In hindsight, I it felt like I'd completely forgotten he was gone. Credit to the storytelling and for the taped reveal not leaking on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's almost yep. as if one of their roster members didn't put it up on social media beforehand. Salrav Gurja, I'm looking at you. Christopher Jazzcat, Cody versus Dustin didn't feel real to me. Kingston did. Well, hmm. well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. I personally loved Cody versus Dustin. Uh, Chris Petro, AEW was on fire last night. Two solid weeks of shows. Women's division still needs more work, though. 4.25 out of 5, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm about the same with you there. Monty Granito, early in the Dark Order, they teased wanting to acquire Kenny. Maybe they have. Ooh, wouldn't that be a reveal and a half, eh? That faction does not need more leaders. <laughs> uh, Wrestling Miscellaneous, Anton H, still waiting Paul Heyman's in-ring return as a performer. Also, you guys should tell us the demos and if you trend younger than WWE. <laughs> Well, I am the demo god, so maybe on the SmackDown podcast I can I can do a deep dive on uh, on the analytics. No one's going to want that. I won't actually do that. I am joking. Hey, our demos do correspond with AEW, though, seemingly. Uh, we don't oh, we really? don't trend that old. No, we're eighteen to forty five majority. Hmm. Uh, with NXT, I think is typically fifty plus. Uh, Wrestle Talk miscellaneous drip soup. Did you see that Meltzer mentioned Wrestle Talk when he was talking about Raw's low ratings this week? Yeah, it was Raw's and SmackDown's, yes. 
And we are better than WWE. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Bobby Stevens, chop that chop. Thank you. Gabriel Thanks. Caruso, his $5. Now dance, chopper. Dance. It feels weird when I'm dancing for money, but all right, yeah. <laughs> Alexis Ebden, if people wrongly vote for Louis on Quizzlemania, will Ollie still be a part of it? Don't leave us again, Ollie. You need to break the streak. Maybe that's what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Matthew, no, I'll be on the next one. Matthew Robinson, yeah. love having Pete on AEW chats. Tony Khan's money finally got you over on this program since he is more popular than SmackDown. Yes, I, I am. Sing it, me. I'm, o- I'm the only person on SmackDown, on the SmackDown reviews, and I am better than WWE, yes. The Zornies has clarified the right, sa- the right side of the blue part of the WrestleTalk logo. My one does look bigger than yours. Hmm. That's strange. Different colours as well, the name bars. Consistency. And some last-minute messages. Billy Joyner. Hi there, Ollie and Pete. Did anyone else notice that Brody Lee called Paige Horseman? (laughs) That was good. They're loving these horseman teases. And New Punk rants. AEW has the best tag, men's, and factions division in wrestling. It's been nine months the women's division have two running stories. More coming. Relax. Uh, I think you I, you just made my argument for me, though, right? It's been yeah. nine months. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's great that you can wait. I, 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 I'm going to hold them to a higher standard because a lot of their pre-promotional stuff was how much they're going to push women's wrestling. I, I think they've you know, very much failed in that regard. So I've got uh, some emails here, Ollie. Would you like to hear them? I I would, but I'm just getting over how famous you are. You and Andy. The most famous people in the world now. Have you got any ideas on how you're going to treat your demo god status on Saturday's review? Well, I I get the feeling that the the banner that we have on the bottom of the video... um, it says, uh, puts, you know, my name, my Twitter handle, Andy's name, his Twitter handle. And in the middle, it just says the world's best nitpickers, uh, because that's that's kind of us. I think I might change that to literally the most famous people in the world now. <laughs> literally move aside. Who would you say is the most famous person in the world? Uh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. I was going to say The Rock. But Jesus is good. I think Rock's more famous than Jesus. <laughs> John Lennon famously declared the Beatles are bigger than the Bible. <laughs> the Rock is definitely, definitely the modern day incarnation of the Beatles. Of course. He is everywhere and everyone knows The Rock. So, I, yeah, I think The Rock. So more famous than The Rock is what mm. should go on the, on the SmackDown banner. We're talking about this for so long. If we talk about it in the intro, on the main show and the outro, I feel like we might be over-egging it. You've got to hammer this stuff home. <laughs> you could be called The Chop. <laughs> what? You know, like The Rock. <laughs> the Chop Quinnell. The Chop Pete Quinnell. That is terrible. I've always That's... said this about you. You haven't got enough nicknames. <laughs> never. Literally, never enough nicknames, never enough gimmicks. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I want any more, if I'm honest. People have started to know me as the ranting guy, 
on Smackdowns, which is, you know, Smackdown reviews. That's what I do because it's a bad show regularly. So that's another one that's going in. So yet another gimmick. We're just going to add on top. Maybe I should just do a video one day where I just do them all. And I'll just list all, all the nicknames I've got in the start of it. And that's just the first minute of the video. Uh, that was someone else's gimmick. That's true. Yes, I know. I did realize maybe that. Give it, a few, give it a few months. Give it a few yeah, months maybe, before we reprise Maybe that. that. See, <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of Daenerys, who, you know, had all the nicknames in the world. Uh, and then everyone else is like, all right, I'm John. Which wasn't quite the same. Have you read the books? Because they all have all the nicknames. <laughs> It's like no, I've, on, I've only watched the show. Half, so. uh, honestly, half of the book is either nicknames, descriptions of what clothes people are wearing, and food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like George R. R. Martin's like, huh? There's going to be a feast here. So that's <laughs> ten pages describing each and every course. And I love <laughs> Song of Ice and Fire. I'm not going to call it Game of Thrones. TV mm. marks. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I sort of get off track. I wanted to check to see, hey, maybe it's coming out soon, the next book, because I've been waiting for like eight years. Mm-hmm. He's optimistic that it's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I, I believe that. That I have my fingers crossed. I don't believe that for a second. There's two more books left. I don't think he's going to be alive for the last one. Yeah. Uh. It's going to be a sad time when it doesn't get finished. And the only finish we've got is Daenerys burning down King's Landing in a really, Whoa! really bad twist. Whoa, spoiler. It spoiler finished thing. over a year ago. Come on, guys. Also spoilers for Game of Thrones. Anyway, <laughs> let's read some emails. Uh, I've I think got it's one better here. that people know that going in. If I knew that was the ending, at least I can come to terms with it before it happens. Yeah, I guess so. I think the turn itself is awful mm. on every level. Uh, so, yeah, may- maybe it will make you have a newfound appreciation because it's almost teased, but not quite. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some awkward social interactions because we spoke about it on Raw um, when uh, <laughs> when my friend asked mm. the hairdresser what they did for a living. Uh, we got an email here <laughs> from, from Eli. Uh, who says, Hi, Fee. As I heard you and Ollie share some awkward social interactions, I thought I'd share one of my own. Of course, we've all had the classic exchange with a worker at a movie theatre or a cinema where they say, enjoy the movie, and you say, you too. Uh, Or when an airport worker takes your ticket and says, enjoy your flight, and you say, you too. Uh, I've learned to just be quiet in those moments. However, one of my most awkward moments came in high school. Uh, My teacher, with whom I had a class with in the next period, had gone into the bathroom right before me. I didn't realise he was there till I got in. I saw his face as I walked up to the urine. I said, hey, Mr. George, how's it hanging? And then immediately realised what I'd asked. He He put his head down and shook it disappointingly. I suddenly didn't have to pee anymore, and I left. Thanks for reading my weird social interaction. I look forward to possibly hearing more of yours. Thank you, Eli, for that email. (laughs) Eli, you made it so much worse with how you dealt with it afterwards. Because now there was no excuse for you to be in the toilet if you didn't wee. You've just got to commit. You've just got to stand there and keep talking to him. Just mm-hmm. keep talking nonsense to him like there's nothing wrong in the world. And then it doesn't make it awkward. It makes exactly. it awkward for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're fine. Yeah, and that's the only thing that matters is that you're fine. Uh, yeah. I, it's an interesting choice of wording. Uh, maybe change it so that your normal greeting is, 
how are you doing? Because then that can never really be taken in a bad way. That's what or, I'd say. Or just greet everyone. How's your penis? Yes, of course. Because then it's not weird when you do it in a toilet because, oh, that's Eli. That's just the way he greets people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can just become peanut. Uh, penis. <laughs> you can just become <laughs> penis. <laughs> Destroyer of worlds. <laughs> i was supposed to say eli how's your penis surname was gonna be the the name but i just said yeah i just said penis first so (laughs) i love your uh, wrestling (laughs) pay-per-view first (laughs) the um the so on the greeting people or, or at least replying to a greeting with Mm. the exact same greeting i struggle with this around birthdays when it's my Mm. birthday and people will say happy birthday and i'll be like happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) it's usually what happens i had um i had one once where uh someone this was ages ago someone was just walking past me in the street that i i sort of knew vaguely as an acquaintance so you had that kind of awkward like do i stop and chat do i not do I just walk past and say hi kind of interaction? And as they walked past, I just went, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, happy birthday. And then walked off. Oh, on. no. It was not their birthday. Not even close. I just panicked. I said something and walked off. And I was like, oh, no. Just walked uh, off. Didn't look back. I was like, oh, this is terrible. He's I don't think always, I've spoken to him since. He's always going to think of that interaction when he thinks of you now. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's not good. Were you yeah. living the gimmick at the time? Was this during the period when we sang "Happy Birthday to You" every day? Oh no, it wasn't. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was entirely separate. I, I don't mm. think they were even aware of the the two times that the "Happy Birthday" gimmick has been part of my life. Uh, so no, this was just a panic, just straight panic. And I I didn't even think about the words I was saying until after I said them. And I was like, "Wait, why did I just Ooh. say that?" Time to go. Just go. Just pretend you weren't even stopping in the first place. Just keep moving. That was terrible. Um, I've got another email, if you'd like one. Yeah. Um, uh, this one is from uh, Rachel, um, who this one's actually about AEW. It's on the AEW podcast. Well, hey, uh, I did some research because AEW likes to talk about their young future stars like MJF and Jungle Boy. And I bet the ages of some wrestlers would shock you. All right, BuzzFeed. Um, <laughs> you won't believe number seven. Uh, this could easily be a list or a segment on Quizzlemania. Uh, Adam Page is only one year older than Darby Allen. Whoa, mm. that is crazy. Does, yeah. it, does it have the actual ages there? I believe they're in no. their early 30s. No, this is just um, verbatim from the email, unfortunately. Uh, Orange Cassidy is older than John Moxley. No, this yeah. is surprising. This mm, is a good yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose is 14 years older than Riho. Whoa. Well, that's not surprising. I can, because I can buy that one. Very young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colt Cabana, Lance Archer, and Brody Lee are all in their 40s. I didn't know Brody Which, Lee was in his 40s. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I did know that, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Havoc is only a year older than Cody. Wow, that's, that's a shocking mm. one. Yeah, yeah well, actually, with- yeah. With Lee, Cabana, and uh, Archer, they've been around forever. 
So it's weird. It's like um, it's like Cabana doesn't surprise me at all because I've been following his career from like the the late noughties. But for people like Lee, who kind of do feel like a new talent, don't they? Mm, In that yeah. the Wyatt family doesn't feel that long ago, although it's like seven years, I suppose. And now he's got this fresh start in AEW. So I guess he was only really getting a break on the main roster when he was in his when he was about 33, 34. So it just goes yeah. to show how WWE like you think these NXT talents, like Finn Balor's the one that always gets me. When he was yeah. called up, he was like 36. And he, mm-hmm. he just seemed like this young, vibrant, fresh face of talent. When really, he's he's at such... It, like, there's not long left there. There's yeah. five years, really, until you go into sort of like the final veteran part of your career. Yeah, exactly. And to, for, to have such a guy who is... Uh, you know, uh, on the older side of the spectrum, to have such a like a young person's uh, moveset, how to to move so fluidly around the ring, to have these big kind of high flying spots, and to be such a, like a, a master te- uh, technician in the ring. You can yeah, say sexy nuts. body, Pete. You can say no, sexy that's, body. That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> he does have a very sexy body, but I wasn't part of my point. Uh, last one on this list, which I quite liked. Uh, Ray Phoenix is still in his twenties. Yes. That oh. means Ray Phoenix will live forever. <laughs> or get so many stupid bumps. Yeah. yeah. Or get injured in the next two years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, at the very least, this could make a good uh, over-under round for Quizlemania. I th- just think it's very interesting, the discrepancy between how old we think wrestlers are and how old they actually are. Well, thank you for the email, Rachel. That would be a really good round, actually. Sort of a mm. price is right, higher, higher, lower, lower yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, we should message that to message that to Adam and to Andy because there is a mm. hell of a list there, and there's oh, also yeah, WrestleMania sure. around. Totally. Um, thank you, the, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for the email, Rachel. That was great. Uh, one thing that I looked up as well because after I read that email, I was like, I'm just going to check this. Uh, I wanted to check how old people like MJF and Jungle Boy and stuff were. Do you know how old MJF is? Well, that that they're legit 23, right? Uh, MJF is 24. Yeah. Uh, I think Jungle Boy is as well, yeah. And Marco Stunt's 23, mm. I think, something like that. So, yeah, they are very young. Good God. That's real youth. That's like a that's mm. when wrestlers should be starting out on a major promotion if you're, if you're of that level. Yeah, exactly. But they've got, hopefully, bright futures ahead of them. Anywho, we should probably wrap up this uh, Wrestle Talk podcast episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back on Saturday with Andy for SmackDown. Uh, we've got the Wrestle Talk podcast tomorrow with Adam and Alex, Queen of the Rinkers. Luke, uh, for the magazine show, obviously Luke's away, but we've got Adam stepping in with Alex, which will be great. And then we've got loads more content coming soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. I love you all. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.